0: everybody, and welcome to Flashes of DEI, a podcast where we explore topics and ideas related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. My name is Marcus. I go by he, him, his. I am the project coordinator in DEI.
1: And my name is Katie Matisse I use they, them, their pronouns, and I serve as a director here in DEI. All
0: right. It has been a tough couple of years between the pandemic and living and doom scrolling through constant rough news Uh, people are hurting so today we wanted to talk a little bit about mental health and finding ways to take care of ourselves we're joined by two fellow flashes that are going to help us do exactly that
2: so carrie Berta, i use she her hers pronouns Uh, i'm a psychologist and the assistant director at counseling
3: and psychological services and i'm adrian irby i'm an assistant professor of counselor education and supervision as well as a faculty affiliate for DEI. Um, Mm -hmm. I also practice as a um, licensed professional counselor with a practice in the area.
1: Thank you both so much for being here and joining us today. We're super appreciative um, of your willingness to share your time and your knowledge and expertise with us. And hopefully the folks listening will be will be able to bask in all the good stuff that you share. We have a couple questions that help guide our conversation. Uh, So y'all ready to get started? We're ready. Let's do it. Awesome. So Marcus mentioned it earlier, but we've been dealing with a lot on a societal level and that definitely impacts people's mental health. Could y'all talk a little bit about what that might look like
3: or how it could be playing out? Yeah. One of the things that I'll kind of start with is just the impact of chronic stress. Mm. Being in a state of vigilance all the time, worrying about what's coming next. Um, you mentioned the doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. Many folks can't turn that off. It's not just the actual act of scrolling and looking at news, but it's the experience of knowing that stuff is happening all around you all the time that negatively impacts you and people like you. And I always think of what James Baldwin talked about of you know to be a Negro in this country is to be in a relative state of rage all the time. Mm-hmm. Rage is expected. And that tensing of your body has an impact on your mental health. It has an impact on your behaviors. Um, but that's one of the things I first came to mind when you brought that up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Similarly, Adrienne, I was just thinking, you know, where do we start? There's so much to respond to. You know, we started with the pandemic, a shift in routine, and our sleep was disrupted. We were isolated, our environments, whether we were working or learning or both, everything changed. Mm -hmm. And then there was the loss associated with it. That was kind of the the initial phase to the past couple of years. There's unfortunately the continued, you know, acts of violence and hate-based violence. And, you know, as you said, the anger, right? The, the attempts to understand uh, some things that are impossible to understand and really hard to reconcile. There's how polarized we are, whether we're talking about political issues or just events going on in the world. Our emotions are um, equally polarized.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's the economy and the fact that it is less stable and less predictable. And how do you not have an emotional response yeah. to all of that? You know, so the first thing that I wanted to say is those emotions, like Adrian was mentioning, are completely typical, normal, although I hesitate to use that term, and even healthy mm-hmm. to have. We're all having, you know, these responses, and that's not necessarily
3: a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think leaning into the, the reality of our world and, you know, I'm a history nerd, so I always think about we've been here before. We've dealt with these things before where the law, policy, practice, the community, where these spaces are not safe, they're harmful, actively harmful, mm-hmm. <laughs> chaotic, unpredictable. And I always think to look to how we respond in the past, how have we navigated situations, how have we come together, how have we processed and it's always the combination of individual and collective. Mm. And I feel like as Carrie was talking, uh, just so much of what we, I think in mental health sometimes do is like, let's, how is this individually impacting you? And I appreciated the emphasis on the whole, as a world, we have been navigating things together. As mm-hmm. a country, we've been navigating things. As specific groups of people, we've been navigating things. So it's, it's gotta be all of the above. Yeah. That's my favorite answer, all of the above. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, and I think one thing that lends itself in support is that when you're dealing with certain things that are polarizing and it's in the news, but you also have a community that helps and supports. Absolutely. I have individuals that just be reaching out like, how are you? I'm like, I'm okay. And, you know, to take like a deep breath. Um, yeah. And like Carrie mentioned, like emotions are real. Express how you need to express yourself.
1: Yeah, so. Marcus, that sharing is actually a, a good segue into our, our next question. So as a collective, we're dealing with stuff individually, we're dealing with stuff, finding community is one way to potentially help alleviate or cope or deal. What not be some other strategies or even exercises that people can use to help process those feelings and take care of their mental health?
2: So, you know, as Marcus mentioned, doom scrolling, and as Adrian mentioned, you know, just doom thinking. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, limiting our exposure to media, right? However Mm -hmm. you consume that media, um, sometimes we can't control the news. We can't control the events, but we can influence and have agency in our consumption of that. Um, And so whether that's limiting your time that you devote, you know, to reading about that or watching videos or consuming it, or it's that you sort of curate the sources where you're getting that information and maybe even condense it. I think we, we all have to do that at some point. Um, Otherwise you could spend 24 seven trying to keep up on all of the things that are going on. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing. And then same with limits, taking a really healthy step back and being aware of what our own limits are. And it's different for everyone. And so that may, may mean participating in advocacy or allyship really intentionally um, and outwardly, it may mean that you don't have the energy or resources to do that. And both of those are okay, right? Mm. But knowing what what do I have the capacity to actually do with this and giving yourself permission, right? Sometimes to not do anything um, because sometimes it it has been and it is that overwhelming.
3: Well, and I wanted to add to that in terms of making decisions, I always think of it like protecting your energy. Like Mm. there are some videos I have yet to watch. I have no plan on watching them. I know what happened. I have lived long enough as a black Mm -hmm. woman in America that I know what happened. I'm good. But that doesn't remove my connection to it. That doesn't remove my advocacy around it, uh, my teaching or my practice that addresses those things. Mm -hmm. But I have to protect my energy and I get no learning from watching some of the things that exist. Um, but I might get a lot of energy out of, you know, maybe a Schaumburg's lecture on police brutality and mm-hmm. black activism. Sure, I'll do that for an hour. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're talking about it, but it's not, you know, just inundating myself with trauma. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of figuring out what that needs to look like for you. Another thing that I always kind of go back to is the body. Like we hold this stuff in our bodies. Um, recognizing how our body constricts, how it tenses, when it relaxes, when it rages, all of those different things. We have to be able to respond to our body, which we can't do if we don't listen to it and attend to it fully. And thats it's easier said than done. Listen, yeah. it's work in progress <laughs> at present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's the importance, and particularly for those who experience marginalization, because your body, your need, wants are often not considered, you have to be the one to consider them. You have Mm. to be the one to prioritize that. And so being intentional about listening, am I tired right now? Am I hungry? Am I just frustrated? (laughs) Whatever that is, asking yourself, what does my body want, need? And it's a conscious practice of listening and attending. Um, It's not something that just magically happens. Um, And one of the things that I've talked with clients about a lot particularly when it comes to like meditation and things like that those are all great things but quite often if that's not your norm you get a youtube video that's 5 minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes and you're trying to do it and you're failing miserably mm. and feeling awful about yourself like yeah. i'm bad at de-stressing <laughs> yeah but i've i've moved from minutes to find a moment however short or however long that is find a moment and figure out what you need in that moment and do that. If that's just closing your eyes, if that's looking out at a tree or whatever indoor plant you've got, (laughs) um, if it's hugging your pet, do what you have to do in that moment to feel whatever it is that you need to feel. And I think that that's just been really helpful for me as a personal practice, but also when I think about kind of what we know about stress responses and attention to our body and somatic, you know, all of those things. Learn your body and listen to it and notice it and respond.
2: Yes, and related to that, you know, one size does not fit all. Just because Mm. your friend, neighbor, colleague, cousin finds mindful meditation to be it, right? And they wanna tell you all about it. It doesn't mean that's what's it for you, Mm. you know? And so Mm -hmm. doing those things, whether it's moments, minutes, hours, That bring us meaning, that bring us Mm -hmm. comfort, right? Those things that bring us joy, even. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Those are the things that are very personal to us, right? So that might be a hobby, that could be certain people, it could be art, right? Could be a lecture, Uh, could be spiritual practices, but really making making a concerted effort to find time to do those things amongst everything that we were talking about earlier. Um, As Marcus was saying earlier, also looking for those opportunities to access our support system, whether that's one individual, a group, a collective, um, having those conversations, being able to be with people that see you and understand your experience, sometimes where all it takes is just a look and, and it's like, yes, um, I know. I exactly see you. Those things are so healing, right? Yeah. People that share our beliefs, our values, our experiences where you don't have to go into that explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes even we, we don't necessarily need other people. It's those things that we do on our own. Where we journal, we reflect, you know, we listen to music, Mm -hmm. you know, we rage run, whatever it is, kind of on your own, but a nice balance between all of those, Mm -hmm. um, I think is is what I would advocate for and suggest.
0: I like how you said, like, it's not prescriptive mm-hmm. and you've mentioned to the capacity as to what I can take. It's like goes into um, our next question. Um, you even mentioned it a little bit. We're talking about like knowing your body. What are a couple of signs that individuals can look out for either between themselves or others that could signal that it's time to get a little bit of extra help or support?
3: When you can't turn anything off, when your brain feels, your mind feels out of your control, Mm. when your body is constantly overtired, undertired, (laughs) you're lying down and you can't go to sleep because so much is just happening in your brain. When you're having a hard time eating and nothing stays down and you feel like everything, like there's just stomach issues, anything in there almost always is connected to some kind of anxiety. Mm. Um, But it just... Those are a couple of things feeling really low, really down and just having a hard time finding pleasure and interest in things. Those are things that I would say come up all the time Is I used to love doing this. And then in 2020, everything stopped and now I hate all of this mm. <laughs> yeah. or I'm rethinking my job or we came back and I hate what I'm doing that I've been doing for 15 years. Um, and so it's, it's that figuring out what shifted Um, As you see significant changes, that's one of the things that I would also bring up.
2: Carrie, are there other things? I mean, I would echo kind of that persistent state of too much feeling, whether that's too much worry, too much sadness, too much anger. And it feels like it's really hard to shift that or do anything with it, especially if it's getting in the way of... Life, right? If it's getting in the yeah. way of work, of school, of you know, social activity, of of any part of your life, if you're having to turn to substances to try to manage how you are feeling um, or escape from those feelings, numb them, ease them, mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, if if you're you know thinking about ending your life, right, and feeling. Hopeless, you know, I acknowledge that we're talking about a lot of difficult things. Absolutely. Our world is really challenging right now. Yeah. And there is help and support that is available and it works. Um, and there's people like Adrian and myself um, and a whole community that wants to help, you know. And I think we also have to accept that it's hard to be at 100% right now
3: for yeah. everyone.
2: Does anyone know anyone who's operating at 100%? I haven't met them. I haven't about them. You no.
3: aren't? You're not operating at 100% at all times?
2: No. And I wore two different shoes to the office recently. you no awareness until it was pointed out. Definitely not operating at 100%. Um, and so I think, you know, having compassion and offering a little bit of grace, mm. not just to others, but also to ourselves mm-hmm. um, to say as humans, we weren't designed to live through a global pandemic, right? We weren't designed to take in the sheer amount of information and stimuli that comes at <laughs> us on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? We weren't designed to live and persist in a healthy, functional way when all these aspects of safety are being threatened. We weren't designed for doing that over a long period of time. So we're all doing the best that we can.
3: One thing I want to add to that, and I, I don't think I heard about this speech um, from Martin Luther King to the APA Association, American Psychological Association. It was in 1967, um, right before he was killed. And it was printed later um, in the Journal of Social Issues. From that speech, he talks about this idea of maladjusted. We talk about maladjusted and maladjustment in the behavioral sciences. And he really points out there are things that you should not as a human being become adjusted to. Mm. It should not be okay and normal for people to live in the state of unrest, chaos, lack of protection, physical harm, emotional harm, spiritual harm. And so if what we do as mental health providers is just help people cope with and become adjusted to, to really problematic ways of living and being yeah. and we're doing harm. And that's a mandate that I took. Um, like I said, I don't think I heard that until that speech until probably 2015 or 16. And I was like, I'm living life wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this, um, <laughs> but it was, it was a challenge to me as far as what am I really helping people do? And so sometimes it's naming the problems that are there. So instead of just saying like, you know, I hear that you're really stressed as your body is adjusting, you know, you've been experiencing symptoms of long COVID and there's just not a lot of help. Like, no, there are structural failures that are part of that. Mm -hmm. And instead of you taking ownership of a structural failure, which all that does is weigh you down as a person. And I failed and it problematizes a person rather than saying, There are some real failures here that have nothing to do with you and you are surviving and hanging in there. Let's build on that and figure out what else we need to do. That is a shift. And I feel like I'm seeing more of that conversation happening in the mental health professions. Um, But I also think that's something that like, I love when clients bring it up. I mean, I bring it up. They they can't help but talk about it. But it's when clients talk about it. And oftentimes it's, I find it in when there's a similar racial or gender kind of dyad that sometimes they're more willing to talk about those things. And that's part of why I think it's important that counselors bring up, like, sometimes we're going to talk about issues of race or gender, or things that impact you, issues of faith. Um, All of those things are a part of your life, which means they're a part of our time together. Uh, Counselors and psychologists, social workers marriage and family therapist being intentional about that, but also clients knowing that this is your space. Talk about what you need to talk about. Don't sugarcoat it for us. We're we're good. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Whatever yeah. stuff we need to work on is our job. But yeah. I've had clients say before, like, I don't know. I don't know if this can be talked about here. Everything can be talked about here.
0: I like the way that you mentioned it too, Adrian. There are systemic structures that are in place. If you're not aware of... To make you think that it's your fault and so for you yeah. to even acknowledge that and bring it up
2: yeah and the power that comes from someone else naming that for you yes. right? even if you have an awareness of that you know adrian you you speaking that to your client it carries weight right and mm-hmm. that's that in and of itself is just so meaningful um, so I'm over here wondering, like, Adrian, where have you been for 12 years? <laughs>
3: um I'm so, I'm so glad our paths have crossed. I know, right? It's, um, it's always nice. Look at y'all. Look at DEI making connections. Yeah. <laughs> we bring the good people together.
0: That's what we do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I got chills as you were talking about it. Me too. It's something that you might know, but hearing it spoken out loud, like we aren't supposed to adjust to racism, to sexism, to homophobia, right? We aren't supposed to mm-hmm. adjust to our systems that are supposed to be protecting us, actively harming us. That's not, that's right. not something we should adjust to. That's something we collectively should fight against. Yeah. 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 Ooh.
3: Like I said, I can't take credit. I read it yeah. and I was like, my mind was blown. You just—I mean—you just opened me right up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and again, that goes back to the community, mm-hmm. right? Because somebody will have the knowledge that that you that you've been missing, that you didn't know that you needed,
1: and, tell and see how that
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: So we talked about things we can look out for um things both in ourselves and in others there are resources right there are things out there and so i want to give us some space and some time to share what those are
2: so katie this is this is my jam so i'm gonna (laughs) jump in here Um, for students at here at kent state um, caps counseling and psychological services is the the primary mental health support Um, We have workshops. We have individual counseling. We have uh, a clinician available during business hours um, for crises. We have a partnership with Impact Student Solutions After Hours where someone can call, a student can call and speak to a clinician. And so CAPS is the main kind of resource for students. There's also a resource for employees here at the university that's offered through HR. Uh, It's IMPACT's um, 24-7 employee assistance program. And so they
1: offer mental health support services. And again, 24-7. You can get six free sessions per Mm -hmm. incident around that, which is pretty good. I've never understood what
2: that means per incident, but
1: six, yeah,
2: Six sessions for I you. Mean, you just
1: have a lot and of for incidents. of your family. <laughs> <laughs> but again, six per incident. Wow. Lots of incidents happening.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um, those are the, the university's resources for, um, for mental health services and support. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on at the university around well being and wellness. Um, so whether it's the wellness offerings and programming through HR, or the programs that are being offered through the state of Well Being, uh, kind of looking at that holistic wellness framework, you know, physical health, spiritual health, sexual health. Um, then there's the identity centers on our campuses that offer amazing programming and support. So our student multicultural center, our LGBTQ center. Uh, and then there's the care center here on campus, which is to assist students with basic needs. So food insecurity, housing insecurity, financial insecurity, because we know that we cannot be well and whole as individuals if our basic needs are not being met and we are struggling to feed ourselves, house ourselves um, and pay for all the things that we need.
3: I'm gonna chime in because I would be just in so much trouble if I didn't mention the Counseling Center. Um, So it's a training center, part of Counselor Education Supervision and it's housed within um, EHHS. And in that college, we have a variety of uh, counseling services. Our students are under supervision and that's one of the resources, but there are so many other connections and things like that that are around campus. But I've also found so many that are online from things like, you know, I know Carrie mentioned some like identity specific resources. So I think of things online, like therapy for black girls, where you can find a therapist and you can see somebody who really specializes black women and black girls. Um, So there's all kinds of things that are out there that um, I think we oftentimes just don't know about. So as many resources as we can share, we'll we'll throw out here.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, nationally and sort of outside of the university, there's 988, which is for mental health emergencies, it used to be the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, but they've finally made it just a nice three digit number 988. 24 yep. <laughs> 7 uh, responses. There is something called the Crisis Text Line, which is crisis support through a messaging platform. Um, and you text 741 741. The crisis text line also has um, sort of a subset of counselors. They phrase it as culturally trained um, crisis text line counselors um, through something called the Steve Fund. And so the Steve Fund is a subset of programming supports that are specifically for the mental health and emotional well-being of young people of color. And so it's that same crisis text line number, 741-741, but you you text the word Steve, S-T-E-V-E. There's the Trevor Project, supporting the the young people with sexual and gender diverse identities. Um, They offer 24-7 mental health support through chat, text, and phone. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's an app called The Safe Place. Uh, It's specifically for the Black community that offers support, Uh, community, conversation, forums about mental health uh, and specifically about issues of stigma and navigating those discussions with friends, family, loved ones about mental health. There's a website called Live Another Day, which is for Native and Indigenous people. Um, It has a lot of resources, links to therapy providers, videos, uh, so a little bit of everything. Uh, and then there's the Asian Mental Health Project. Um, very similar,
1: um, offering that community, offering resources uh, and referrals. That's all awesome. And we are definitely going to link all of these in our show note descriptions. So if you're interested in learning more, check that out. Yeah. And Katie, <laughs> I
2: have even more that I didn't
1: burn <laughs> off. So. Yeah. So we there's, can add in a couple more them along. It's yes. going to be a long list. It's gonna be long. <laughs> Good. More resources is not bad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So um, as we are wrapping up, um, is there anything that that you would like to share?
3: The last piece for me is really just a reminder. um, And I say this in my classes as well. Tap into your ancestral, cultural, communal, spiritual, every kind of resource, resiliency, support group, whatever you have. Tap into everything because, one, we've been here before and there's still more to come. And so use everything that you have, build on that resilience, develop coalitions, develop collective resources and communities, and shoot, resist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> resist being taken down and taken under by, by what's out there.
2: I love that, Adrienne. I would add to that, when you do not have the energy, the resources to do that, right? which sometimes we don't, mm-hmm. that we seek out those that do have you know, the energy, the resources to do that. Right. And we, mm-hmm. we listen to those recordings. We read those articles. We remind ourselves, um, about the collective, mm-hmm. right. And that there's always someone who is advocating, supporting, mm-hmm. right. Fighting, resisting, and,
1: and we can join back in
3: mm-hmm.
2: when we're, when we're able.
3: Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us and for sharing and thanks to everybody who listened to this podcast. If you're interested in learning more about some of the things mentioned and some of the not things mentioned, the resources especially, <laughs> check out our show notes, we'll put, we'll put them all in there. Uh, and if you want to learn more about DEI and the work we're doing here, you can check out our website at kent.edu slash diversity.
0: If you have a topic that you would like for us to discuss, feel free to email us at diversity at kent.edu or you can connect with us on our social media at DEI Kent State across all platforms. And don't go diving too deep. Self care. Um, we'll see you all next month with our new episode. Have a good day.
1: Yeah, take care, everybody. Thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you.